Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. We are in 2 Corinthians 3, and the title of the message is All Sufficiency of Christ. So uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians 3, and let's begin in verse 5. It says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. In the Old Testament, God said to Abraham when he was 99 years old, he said, I am the almighty God. There in Genesis 17, Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Now, uh, almighty God in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. Why would God say to Abraham in Genesis 17, I'm the almighty God, I'm the El Shaddai? Well, because he's going to say to him in verse 15, God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, I will bless her and also give her a son uh, by her, and I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And, and so Abraham, verse 17, falls on his face and laughs and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall share Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? So Abraham thought, this is impossible. You tell me you're the Almighty God, and now you say, I'm 100, my wife's 90, we're going to have a child. Abraham thought that was impossible. But that's why God said, I am the Almighty God. And in the Hebrew, El Shaddai, it breaks down into two words. The Hebrew word El is the name for God, which strength, it speaks of strength. And then Shaddai is a Hebrew word that the root word is Shad, which means breast. And the idea is a child receiving nourishment from his mother, which brings strength. In the Bible, when it speaks of El Shaddai, some Bible translations uh, translate it all-sufficient God. You know, in the King James, it's almighty God. But when you think about that, what is God saying to Abraham? You're 100 years old. Your wife's 90. You don't have any kids, but you're going to have a kid. And he said, I'm the almighty God. And, and what is he saying? He's saying, look, I can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And I think this is one of the great truths that we learn I as we study God's word is that God can do for you in your life what you can't do for yourself. And that's what Paul's talking about in verse 2 when he says, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And so Paul is saying, as a Christian, your life is an open book being read by the people around you. And this is important that we are reminded of this, right? Because uh, for some people, the only Bible they're ever going to read is your life. And they're going to develop their ideas about what God is like by what they see in you. As you, uh, you know, are a Christian, and they, oh, you represent God. And so for some people, they're never going to go to church, but they see you, right? And that's how they're going to develop their idea uh, of what God is like. Now in verse 2, when he says, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you, right? When you think about that, I don't know if you've thought about that recently, but when you think that your life is an open book, in other words, your life is, a, is an example, that people are looking at you, watching you, and they're learning about God from you, about God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's love, right? And they look at you, and, and they're reading your life. Now, I, I don't know if you think about that very much, but uh, 
you know, when you think that through, you think, hmm, you know, I used to say when I first read that, hey, don't look at me. But the reality is people are going to look at you, right? And, you know, when you realize that your family members, your coworkers who don't know Jesus, who you think they need to know Jesus, and then you realize how they're going to find Jesus through you, then you're like, whoa. <laughs> and sometimes you think, well, I'm not sufficient. I'm not a good example. I can't have that kind of responsibility. Well, that's what Paul's talking about. When he says in verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. So as a Christian, your life is a living letter, right? And, and it's hard for us to hear this sometimes, but your life is either turning people towards God or your life is turning people away from God. We declare, like Paul, hey, our sufficiency is, is not enough, right? In verse 5, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, right? We need to be reminded of the fact that we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And if you're here today and you don't go to church very often, I don't mean to bum you out, but you're not perfect. That's what he's saying in verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. See, some of us were taught that, you know, all the wisdom and all the strength that you're going to need for life, it comes from within you. You're the source of truth, and whatever you believe is true, and so your truth is your truth, and that's right for you, and all the strength you're ever going to need to navigate life comes from within you. But that is not what the Bible teaches, right? That is not a biblical truth. The Bible teaches that we need to look outside of ourselves for truth and for strength, and there are going to be times in life for all of us where we need to look to God for help and strength. And 1 Corinthians 4, 7, he said, what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? In other words, everything you have came from God. You don't have anything that didn't come from God. And when someone says, well, Pastor Bob, I worked hard for this, and I have this PhD, well, who gave you the brains to be able to get a PhD? Well, God did, right? You know, and you just realize everything you have, your talent, your intellect, your physical ability, all, everything you have comes from God. And so no matter how strong <clears throat> or resourceful a person might be, even with all that you have from God, you're, you're going to come to places in life where you realize, I need help. I, I can't do this on my own. And you really don't have to look very far to see where you need help. All you need to do is get married, right? <laughs> if you think that you are sufficient for all things, you just need to get married, <laughs> right? But the reality is, all of us recognize that we have weaknesses, and so many people are held in bondage by sin, and, and maybe they're in denial of it, but whether it's financially or physically or psychologically, but so many people have said, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. <clears throat> I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop saying this. I'm going to stop doing that, watching this. I'm never going to do it again, only to do it again and again and again, right, and go back to it, and all of us have made promises that, God, if you help me through this, I'm going to change. I'll never do it again. And then what happens? Then we do it again, right? And when God is our sufficiency, then things change, right? There are no limits to God's ability and his power to work in your life. And that's why it's so important to not think that we've arrived and that we have all that we need, but we need to go to him and trust him and call upon him and say, Lord, we need your help because my resources have limitations. God, your limitation, your, your power has no boundaries. And so that's what Paul's saying in verse five when he says, <clears throat> but our sufficiency is from God. Now he's saying that, look, we don't have it within ourselves, but when we look to God, then God can do things that are far beyond anything we could ever do in ourselves. And we have many people in the Bible who illustrate that for us. Remember when Moses was called by God? Moses, uh, God said to him, Moses, I want you to go down to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And what did Moses say? I can't do that. I'm not sufficient. 
I can't do it. I stutter. I have a speech problem. And what did God say? Oh, right, you have problems. I'll have to get somebody else who's better. Is that what God said? No. Did God say, well, can you find some smart person amongst you that I can use? No. That's not what God said. <clears throat> God said, okay. In Exodus uh, 4.10, he said, then Moses said uh, to the Lord, oh, Lord, I am not eloquent, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. So God said, look, I'm going to be with you. And was God with Moses? Yeah. Did God do, do amazing things through Moses? Yeah. <clears throat> and how did Moses start? I can't do it, right? God, you got to get somebody else. Now, maybe you're here today, and God's been nudging you to get involved in the work of the kingdom, and you say to yourself, I can't do it. And there's just person after person in the Bible that thought, I can't do it, and then God did great things. Remember when God called Jeremiah? Uh, Jeremiah said, I can't speak in Jeremiah 1.6. <clears throat> then, uh, then said I, Ah, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. So God said, Jeremiah, I got things for you to talk about to people. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't talk to people because, you know, I just can't. And what did God say in Jeremiah 1.8? Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Right? So God said, I can help you, right? Now, perhaps you've thought, I can't talk to people about the Lord. I can't be the person God wants me to be um, because I have problems in my life. Pastor Bob, the first part of the sermon there about, you know, that we are insufficient, I am. There, I, there's people I can't forgive, I have an anger problem, or I have bitterness, or, or pride, or whatever, or maybe you have some secret thing going on that you're struggling with, some addiction you want to get over, <clears throat> and you think, what am I going to do? I, I can't, God can't work in my life because I got my own problems, right? But here's the thing, when you face the truth about yourself and admit you can't do it, and admit without God's help that you're going to be stuck where you're at, well, then that's the first step to moving forward. Because truly, the first step to accomplishing God's purposes in your life is to recognize, God, I'm weak, and I need your help. I can't change without you. See, so often, people get the idea that being a Christian means coming to church, and then hearing a sermon, and then going home and going, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, and then I'm going to be good. <laughs> and that's what I thought when I first started coming to church. And you know what my conclusion was? I can't be good. I think I'm going to have to quit church. <laughs> because I didn't understand what we're talking about, right? But the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What is Paul saying? He's saying, look, when I recognize that I have weakness and I come to God for strength and God for help, well, then, then I'm gonna be strong because God's gonna help me. See, when God's helping you, then you're gonna become strong in that area. But when you think, I don't need God's help, or you think God can't do it or whatever, then, then you're stuck. Now, uh, God said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, have you ever thought about that? Where God said to Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, what he's saying is, in your weakness, God can manifest his strength in your life in a way that will be miraculous. And as Christians, God is calling all of us to be a witness for him in this world. And, and that our lives are to be a reflection of him in this world. And as we go through life, wherever you're at, at work, at school, wherever, that people are reading your life. Your life is like an open book, and they're learning about God's grace, God's love, God's power, and it's important for us to be consciously aware of that because I used to say to myself, well, I'm not the example. Don't look at me, <clears throat> and so I thought, well, therefore, now I'm, people aren't going to look at me anymore because I said that. Is that true? No. They look at me. They've been looking at me ever since, right? I run into someone on you know, at Costco and, you know, hey, Pastor Bob, they look at my cart. What do you got in there? You got any, uh, what do you got in there, right? You know, I don't know what they think I have in there. But, uh, 
<laughs> they're always disappointed. Like, you got bananas and blueberries and strawberries, asparagus, avocados. Pastor Bobby's such a boring person. Anyway, but here's the thing. <clears throat> People are looking at you at the store. They see you at Walmart. They look in your grocery cart, right? And, and it's important for us to realize that our world needs Christians to be alike. And, and when Paul says in verse 2, you are our epistle written, uh, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, he, he's saying your life is an open book that represents God to all the people around you, coworkers, family members, neighbors. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.